1: This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew
0: Metal.
2: Ah, Hello, hello. How are
1: you? Fantastic. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I say good morning to you, partly as a joke at Entrepreneur, but partly due to my southern upbringing and raising of my mother who said you say hello and good morning to everybody. But I say the joke part because at Entrepreneur, it's a joke because I always have these guests on and I never actually know where they are in the world or what time it is where they are. So I ask you, where are you right now and what time is it currently?
1: I am in Miami, Florida, and it's four in the afternoon here for the the Sea Trade uh, Cruise Exposition.
2: Well, that sounds amazing and much better where I am on the West Coast. Technically, afternoon here, but uh, I would trade that for the uh, weather in Miami any day. Uh, For the purposes of our listeners, though, tell us your name and a little bit about the work you do.
1: Uh, I'm Chris Hickey, CEO of Microlumix. Uh, We started Microlumix two and a half years ago. Uh, with a mission to prevent the spread of infectious diseases caused by contaminated public touch points, door handles, restroom stall latches, ATM machines, shopping carts, 80% of the most common infectious diseases are actually spread by the hands. And many don't know that. And really, the number is 54,000 people up to 54,000 people are dying every day due to preventable infectious disease. It's just crazy. And that's why we pretty much embarked on this mission.
2: I I laugh not because the business is not serious but what a time to launch a business. Uh, I certainly want to talk about you know obviously the effect of I don't know a global pandemic on your business but before that take me back to the beginning. How did you get into the space where you work currently? What brought you to where you are now? Right so
1: well uh fast forward to, or, or go back to September of 2019. Uh, my wife had, had lost a friend of hers that uh, was a 33 year old mother of two, a three year old, one year old. She was complaining of headaches and she was a marathon runner, very fit. And she uh, went to the doctor. They ran a battery of tests over a few weeks. And when they finally gave the results to her, They said, look, you have a staph infection that you probably got from a public door handle and you probably scratched your ear, touched your eye, or rubbed your nose, and it's consumed your brain. And there's nothing we can do. This is irreversible. And she died two days after diagnosis. And my wife, who's our, our founder and chief operating officer, had said, look, if we ever have a chance to do something about this, this is crazy. We can put a man on the moon, a rover on Mars. We can have Domino's bring us a pizza without a driver attached. But we can't count on not getting sick or worse from touching a public surface. This is insane. So uh, after a private equity company had bought my previous company, uh, I had a little bit of time on my hands. And we said, this might be the time. Let's go for it. Let's see what we can do here. So that was sort of the, booth, the birth of Microlomics.
2: Well, certainly the time, that is for sure. I wanted to touch on the piece of as far as your exit with the private equity firm. This a little mission-driven, obviously, with something close to home. But I'm wondering, going into this, especially with sort of the businesses that were popping up during the pandemic, did you already have an exit in mind? Was there thoughts of acquisition? You know, how did you approach this business differently than the one that you had previously?
1: Well, in, in the previous company, it was a publicly traded company that I was just, you know, I just worked at, right? I was VP of operations there and uh, was brought, uh, brought into that company to, to help, Perform a role, and then we were able to sell it about 18 months later. Uh, prior to that, uh, uh, my wife and I were involved, or actually uh, co-founded a, a B2B tech startup back in way back in 2004, uh, and then sold that in 2008. But we had we had good success there. We took a lot of beatings, I got to tell you, and, uh, and you know, you get a, knocked upside the head by a shovel enough times. Uh, you learn a lot of lessons, and it was a lot of good and, and some bad, and we just learned how to adapt. So that was, uh, I guess, within probably six months, we had customers in all 50 states with that company and uh, did, a, did a, a good job. And really the key there, and key with any company is, one, find your passion. Find something that gets you out of bed in the morning, gets you excited. You really feel like you're part of a mission, not just a job. And, uh, you know, we've been blessed with that for sure.
2: Well, I love the mission piece, and I'm wondering about the sort of market gap or opening that you saw. I mean, obviously, COVID comes around and changes the whole world. You have a number of cleaners, disinfectants, UV treatments. How did you find sort of a space for Microlumix?
1: <clears throat> yeah, so in, in, when we started the company uh, uh, in September of 2019, it was six months before COVID was even a thing. So people have often asked us, were you guys chasing a pandemic? Like, what's your deal? Are you pandering to a pandemic? And we're like, absolutely not. We were here well before the pandemic and pandemic just sort of fit in, fit into it and maybe made people a lot more germ conscious. Uh, Pre-pandemic, 8% of people were germaphobes. Post-pandemic, according to the studies I've seen, 32% are self-professed germaphobes. So it went from 1 in 10 to 1 in 3. So it's, that, that has been a positive for us in that it's created a, a much greater awareness than probably previously existed. Mm-hmm. But so, so we started out, when we started out the company, we, we invested heavily into the company. Um, we were totally bought in. And you know, our, our initial mission was to prevent the spread of infectious diseases caused by contaminated public touch points. And that morphed into a vision. And you, know, you not only have to have a mission, you also have to vision, have a vision and you have, to have, uh, you have to have values that support those. And our vision became uh, the fact that nobody should have to say goodbye to their family because they had to shop for groceries, pump gas, use an ATM machine, use an elevator, that sort of thing. And that's, you know, that's resonated with everyone with whom we brought aboard. Mm-hmm. Um, people who work at, at Microlumix and support our pass brand People are pretty excited to uh, come to work every day, and it doesn't feel like a job. It feels like a mission.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I did want to dive deeper into that, though, because on your website, it is featured prominently, you know, can kill COVID in one second. Obviously, you existed before, as you just touched on. Talk to me about the business growth that you saw. I'm assuming this is a business that saw growth. You'll obviously tell me that. But what was business like as far as needs from clients that are reaching out to you? September to, I don't know, March of the following year, when it really became an issue nationally?
1: Well, it's interesting because for two, for the first two and a half years, we've been in R&D mode. We've been doing no sales, no marketing. In fact, our website, we didn't make it live until one day before our public unveiling on 222.22. <laughs> So one day before, I actually met with a billionaire advisor back in uh, probably late 2019. And I was reviewing the model with him and telling him what we wanted to do and what we wanted to develop. And he said, look, if you post anything, any place, if Googlebot hits it, if you have a website, um, if you, you have a lot of intellectual property here, if you post anything, I'll never talk with you again. There's absolutely no reason for you to talk about this until you're ready to sell something. So what started out is, okay, probably in the next, you know, it probably took us four months, four or five months before. Well, I know exactly. It was five months because we started right around September 1st of 2019 uh, digging into this. And there was many times along that path where it just felt like you should give up because there was there was so many obstacles. Um, You know, we've done something that no one's ever done before, which is a virtually instant germ kill of germs on public surfaces. So as we, as we went through that process, probably mid-February, we tested our first working concept model and we killed 1.5 million germs in five seconds. So it was just like, okay, we've got something here. Now we have to build it out. I think that summer, we thought we were ready to file our patents. And we met with a retired patent examiner who had experience 20, 25 years of experience or 30 years of experience in our space And he said, what you have is significant and you need to expand this significantly uh, before you file these papers, because what you have is bigger than what you think you have right now. So we continued developing and we spent another three months uh, before we filed even our initial patents, right? Our initial provisional patents. So we've been building, building, building for two and a half years. No revenue, no sales, no marketing, just everything on stealth. And now the public unveiling is, okay, we are ready to tell the world what we're doing now. And, you know, we expect to be, uh, we're doing some installs, some pilots uh, in Q3, and then we'll be doing uh, regular installations starting in Q4 this year.
2: Wow. So much I want to touch on, especially related to the parts of wanting to give up. I had those questions prepared for later in the interview, but uh, before that, I want to ask, Forecasting now that everything is good to go. I want to talk about the significance of the 2022-22 date as well as we touched on a little earlier before the interview. But talk to me about what you're seeing as far as growth projections, predictions for Q3 and Q4. Well,
1: I, I think that we'll, we'll close the year strong with about uh, five and a half to six million dollars in revenue. Uh, Post launch, we had three verbal ac- commitments, not gone to contract yet but uh, three verbal commitments that are about uh, $2 million. So that was in the first month after unveiling. And that wasn't with really any sales initiatives. That was having conversations with people with whom we thought might be interested in giving us feedback on what we were doing. And right out of the blue, two of them, one in the health and fitness and one in the education sector, we were shocked. And they're like, yeah, we want to buy we want to buy your restroom stall unit germ pass and we want to put it every place. And we're like, cool. So, you know, both of those were well over a half a million dollars. Um, We have, uh, we have a agreement uh, in process with a national um, health and uh, a hospital medical uh, uh, distribution company that could be very significant. They're one of the largest in the world. And uh, so we are, you know, Putting dot in the eyes and crossing the T's on that, so we have that. We also have another agreement that's a sixty-five million dollar agreement with a firm uh, to represent us in the United Arab Emirates as our reseller or market agent, as they call it. And uh, so that's a sixty-five million dollar three-year deal. So we've had a lot of interest, but you know we haven't even unbuckled uh, uh, you know anything on the, the sales arena yet, sales and marketing. Hasn't been been something that we've really focused on, yeah.
2: Oh, I'm sure. I mean, looking at what I see as your capabilities, you know, I immediately think, how do you sell this? Is it something that is so badly needed? But, you know, do you go after facilities managers? Do you go after the property managers? Do you go after multi-unit location chains to say, hey, this needs to be installed in every area? I mean, the growth, I think, is absolutely there. The potential is there. And it's so badly needed. Um, talk to me about, though, the dates uh, with everything launching. Uh, what happened
1: there? Okay. I know the
2: answer, but I know our listeners will love to hear.
1: Right. So two twenty two twenty two, we go marching into the Harvard Club of New York City, a big, huge press conference and public unveiling. Uh, we spent uh, close to approaching $100,000 on this three-hour event. And it was going to be our big coming out party. So excited. People coming in from around the country to fly in to see this. We had confirmations from CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. They were all covering it. BuzzFeed, TechCrunch. I mean, everybody was saying, yeah, we're totally in. We're going to be there unless something happens. Well, that morning, Putin invades Ukraine and every media uh, every media outlet's like, hey, man, we got to go. Whether Even if it was the Wall Street Journal Financial Times section, they needed to cover the economic implications, so we were there. And I think out of all those that were that were uh, were confirmed to come, I think NBC, uh, one of the heads of NBC, stayed, and I think a couple others were there. But other than that, it was investors, it was advisors, it was friends and family and the company, employees, and that sort of thing. So that that really goes to show you better be <laughs> you better be pers- uh, persistent, resilient, and just realize there's always times to pivot. And we could look at that and say that was a negative. You know, There was also a lot of positives that came out of that as well.
2: Well, it sounds like you've obviously thought of those. I'm curious though, as a leader, what did you do? What did you say to your team? How do you sort of regroup after something like this that obviously is so out of your control?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, our, our, it's really easy to keep our team together because every morning we wake up, we know that when GermPass is actually installed, we're going to be saving lives while we sleep. Uh, there's, the statistically, we know that GermPass is going to prevent hundreds of millions of illnesses and millions of, of, of deaths every year. So that drives us. No, there isn't going to be any sort of obstacles in marketing or engineering or operations, logistics. There's no setbacks right now that can take us off of our game. So. Um, yeah, I, the team was just like, you know, we had probably 125 invited guests that were there with us and it was a really positive thing. We had Dr. Charles Gerba, who is a world renowned, uh, environmental, uh, infectious disease specialist. Um, he's, he's spoken all over, all over the world about the spread of infectious disease caused by con- to contaminated touch points. We had Dr. Ashraf Afan was there to speak who is the CEO of Angel Kids Pediatric Centers, which is eight pediatric centers in Jacksonville, Florida. Then we had uh, Deborah Vanderhoff, our founder and uh, chief operating officer. She spoke, sort of shared her emotional, sentimental uh, story about why she started the company. Uh, Jim Daskus, our president. I mean, we had, it was such, it was so great to be able to actually, even if, Everything wasn't exactly like we scripted. It was so great to be able to tell so many people about what we were doing for the first time. I mean, this was kept so closely held. Before that launch, aside from our patent attorneys and advisors, investors, and team, there was less than probably 200 people in the world who knew that we'd been building this for over two years. We had had some quiet conversations. I mean, feedback's essential, right? What you think something is going to be, Uh, it might not be what it becomes. And so we had, under NDA, we had quiet conversations with people from the Cleveland Clinic uh, throughout the process, Jefferson Health Systems. We met with six infectious disease directors, vice presidents, and managers from Jefferson Health Systems in in New Jersey and Philadelphia. I think they have 11 or 12 hospitals, a cancer center, We met with them really early on in the process. We showed them some of our original prototype designs and they were blown away. And, you know, the feedback that we got from all of those groups was essential um, in terms of being able to, you know, pivot in our design and engineering and avoiding some of those challenges.
2: Well, the word you used with resilience, I think so perfectly applies and obviously the date with having this happen with Putin in Ukraine creates a great story to read then pitch and tell the story to press and media saying, hey, remember that time we uh, invited you? Well, let me remind you of when that was. Uh, This date took place. Um, One thing I did want to ask you related to that, though, is that you talked about the obstacles that make you sort of want to give up. Um, Mm. As an entrepreneur, when you think about those moments, what allowed you to push through? Do you have a personal mantra or statement that you go back to? Was it the goal and mission-driven piece? What sort of allowed you to keep going?
1: It really was the mission. There was a couple of things. I had a friend of mine. I had sort of put it on hold because my brain was absolutely fried. My wife and I had gone through a thousand iterations of how this would actually work. A true garage story, right? Well, it, was a, it started out as just, you know, ideation. How are we going to create something that kills all these germs. There's plenty of products out there that kill germs, but how are we gonna do it instantly, continuously and automatically? Um, and so as we were going through this, it got to the point where around Christmas of 2019, I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna happen because you know we can kill germs on the front side of the door handles, but how are we gonna kill, kill them on the backside where all the leverage points are? Or how are we gonna deal with elevators and shopping carts? And uh, you know, then I had a conversation with a friend a couple of weeks after just saying, we just need to decompress, step back and see if this is something that we are even capable. I really thought of solving, I really thought at that point, I thought that, okay, uh, my buddy called me said, how are you coming with the germ killing system? And I said, not well, <laughs> not well. And I said, I think I've reached my level of competence because I don't have a bioscience background, right? I have a liberal arts degree from Harvard. So you know, I know a little bit about a lot of stuff, but well, bioscience. Wasn't I would bi-
2: say you know you probably soaked up some of those things. I also have a liberal arts degree, so I had exposure to that stuff. And you know, if you're online, that just makes you an automatic expert, no matter what, at any topic. <laughs>
1: uh, That's absolutely right. I told one, I told somebody. They said, "So how long have you been in the biotech space?" I think it was the, uh, uh, it was the infectious disease management group at Jeff Health. And I said, no, I'm, I'm pissed off consumer becomes Google bioscientist, <laughs> right? Well, I think
2: you've done very well with the Google research and beyond. Related that, <laughs> though, looking back at the things you've done in building this business, are there things you would have done differently? Do you have one or two lessons that you could share?
1: Uh, differently. I have a, we have a garage filled with failed prototypes, like filled. So you and- get a
2: storage unit.
1: Oh, we have a garage (laughs) filled with bags of, you know, 3D printed parts and so forth. And my wife has always been like, when are you going to get rid of those? I said, these are going to be in the Smithsonian someday. We're keeping them. She's like, man, I really want my garage back because this is crazy. (laughs) We have, you know, we developed, uh, you know, our first hire was a lead industrial designer. And, you know, having going from me, you know, drafting it out on paper And, you know, starting to ideate on how this whole thing is going to work. Started with with that. And then, you know, funny enough, we actually found a commonly used, somewhat commonly used application with which we could draw our inspiration and then find a better way to make this happen. And we knew a couple of things going in. We knew that we couldn't, nobody could have, if we were going to create a, a surface, uh, a, a, a technology for disinfection of, of surface-based germs, it could never stop anybody's access to a touch point, right? Like if somebody has to stop to wait for something to open or to personally sanitize, nobody's gonna do it. People are so impatient, they would destroy our system. So the number one rule was, uh, it has to allow unfettered access to the surfaces. So we went through this, We we built up in our garage. We, we we built up our first prototype, and we're like, okay, this is this is actually going to work. We have a friend of ours who had been in a, a navy, been in the navy for 22 years, in charge of uh, electronics, and he helped us, you know, basically come up with the schematics on how this was going to work using the electronics side. Um, we sort of had the mechanical sort of covered, and we just kept uh, you know building that out. Then we hired a lead industrial designer who was able to help us refine our designs and make them, you know, even more cool. And, you know, we're still designing like right now, today, uh, you know, we're two and a half years in, we're finally going into production design right now, design for manufacturers. So oh. it's been, it's been quite a journey. Well, but you said your question was not what I answered. Your question was <clears throat> what kind of things made you want to like, you know, stop or what kind of obstacles I think <clears throat> initially, It was, it was, I never really wanted to stop. It was just, is this over my head? Is this something I can actually, that we can actually do? And my wife is really my inspiration because she's always the smartest person in the room when I'm there anyway, at least if I'm with her, she's always the smartest person in the room. She has a real keen instinct and intuition for what's going to work and what's not. In fact, just funny stories, you know, she's told our design and engineering team several times hey, you know, this, is something, this is something that'll work better. And they fight her on it. And six months from then, we're back to where she said that would work. And they're like, you know what? This is going to be a great idea. So um, we've, had, we've had a lot of obstacles. You know, you, the obstacles that you face in, when you're in R&D mode are different from when you acquire a business or you're in a, you know, an established company. I mean, we're defining a market. Uh, GermPass, which is our brand, Microlumix is our company, doesn't have any direct competition in the instant automatic germ killing uh, arena. There's other alternatives. They can use chemicals. They can use manual cleaning. They can use natural antimicrobials like silver ion, copper, copper nickel. Um, But all of those things have problems. Number one, every time somebody touches a surface, it's reinfected immediately, instantly. 50% of people have staph either on their hands or between their ears. Uh, uh, out there and they're spreading that. So everything's infected. We have between two and 10 million germs between our elbows and our wrists right now. You, you do, I do, it's just biology. Most of them we need for survival, uh, but some of them aren't so good. And while they may not infect us, they could infect somebody else. So, you know, you look at the, you look at the big picture of things and realize that, that at the, at the end of the day, we have to find, we have to continue to Press forward, find a way to save lives. And when, you, when your mission is bigger than money, uh, nothing matters.
2: Mm. Oh, I love that statement. And I also feel like you're making a lot of arguments my wife will agree with in, as to why she lets our kids eat off the floor. You know, some of the bacteria <laughs> is good for them. Uh, speaking of wives, <laughs> though, I did want to ask my final question. And you have touched on this a little bit. You work with your wife. I was curious. I do. Uh, you've obviously had success. Talk to me about the benefits and maybe the downsides of working with a partner or a family business.
1: Yeah. Well, we've, we've done this before. It's not our first rodeo in this. In fact, when we met, we were working for a company, for a Fortune 1000 company. So that's how I met. I was managing a division. She was in charge of a region. And uh, so that's, that's how we met. So we met working together and you know, had our, went through our courtship and got married. We've been married for Almost 20 years now. We've been together for over 20 years. And she's my best friend. She's my partner. She's the person that I respect most in the world. So, um, you know, it's easy to go to work with her. Um, She is a she is tough. She's tough. She's a tough person. She's a tough business person. Um, uh, but sensitive and caring and compassionate. She's the one that when we go to a trade show or an event. She's the one everybody gravitates towards. So I'm sort of the tech mind. She's just the one everybody wants to be around.
2: Oh, that's a fantastic answer. And we've done this before. It's not our first rodeo is coincidentally what my wife says to people when they go, oh, your baby is eating off of the floor. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Chris, I can't thank you enough for the time you've <laughs> given us. Uh, website, email, social media channels. How can people find out more about you in the business? And ultimately, the question almost all of our answers want to know is, are you hiring? So let us know, how can people find you and are you hiring?
1: Yeah, so they can look us up on microlumix.com, M-I-C-R-O-L-U-M-I-X.com or uh, germpass.com, G-E-R-M as in Mike, P-A-S-S.com. We are right now, we're at 11 employees and we're going to be hiring more in the coming months Um, that uh, we're pretty excited about that. We're based in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we are trying to do as much as we can right in the state of Florida and, you know, the pandemic's really opened up a whole new world for a lot of people. You know, we can reach outside of our own borders and boundaries and find really great people. So yeah, I mean, we, we welcome the opportunity to bring talented people in who are as passionate about our mission as we are.
2: Oh, fantastic. And any industrial designers that are listening, make sure you listen to Chris's wife for any suggestions she made. So you're not revisiting those conversations six months later. Chris, I can't thank you enough again. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon in Miami and the sunshine that it seems that you're having. I'm definitely jealous that you get to have that. And I don't. And I love what you're bringing to the table. We'll need to have you back towards the end of 2022 to hear how the year is shaping up.
1: Fantastic. I appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Yeah, enjoy the rest of the day. We'll talk to you then. Bye. All right.
1: Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show.
0: Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode.